Hello? Hello? Hello and welcome to Leading Edge Love Radio. This is your host, Sumati Sparks, the Open Relationship Coach at SumatiSparks.com. And tonight I have as my guest, Dr. Alieda Hines. Dr. Hines holds a PhD in human sexuality, is a board-certified clinical sexologist by the American College of Sexologists, and is a certified sex counselor and couples counselor. She specializes in the, in the intersection of couple, mar- couple or marital support and sex counseling. Uh, Dr. Hines is bilingual in English and Spanish and supports multicultural relationships, families, and communities. And she has a book coming out soon called The Seven, Seven Sex Secrets. That's a mouthful. Seven Sex Secrets. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Dr. Hines. Thank you. Thank you so much. My pleasure to be here. So good to have you here. I'm really interested to hear about um, what you bring to this um, this field, your um, particular specialization, as well as your multicultural background. So why don't we start with your background? Tell us a little bit about where you grew up and how that influences your work now. Yeah, sure. Um, I was born in Caracas, Venezuela, but I was raised in Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. And then after that, I returned to Venezuela, and then I was I studied in United States, in Argentina, and I've been kind of around like Europe and doing some studies, and then finally I returned to Venezuela again, and I did a master in uh, sexology and couple counseling. And then I came back to the United States, and I, I did my PhD in human sexuality. So I've been all over, and I feel like it is interesting um, that I grew up in Rio de Janeiro, so I have that. Um, I am well-known as a happy person, and I do feel like I am all, all the time happy. And that is so important in, in my field. And at the same time, my father is, um, well, my father uh, has a German father. He was raised by, by Germans. So they have a lot of discipline and, you know, Germans. And so I have that, um, that um, influence in me, like being very committed with discipline to study, but at the same time, the happiness and the pleasure and playfulness. So that combination is me. <laughs> and it works pretty, well, pretty, pretty good in my field. Yeah, I really like that because usually you think of like German discipline as, you know, kind of like not, there, it doesn't usually go with happiness. So to hear that going together is really unique. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, and the happiness and the pleasure is not like, like very tied to discipline and commitment like German. So I feel I have the two of them. And, and, and at the same time, that's, I, I have uh, mixed the feel of counseling with sexology. Like, I, I like to combine things, I think. <laughs> yes, of course. And so what was it like learning sex counseling in Venezuela? What's the curriculum like there compared to how we treat it here in the U.S.? Oh, that's interesting. Well, uh, let me tell you, it was I had a hard time up there because they are very – I love my school up there, 
and they they are very strict. Um, the curriculum is um, for doctors, for MDs, MDs. So um, I I have great great professors, amazing people. So I, I was very strict. I, I had to take a psychiatry one, psychiatry three. I had to I I did classes. Um, um, two classes of neurology and things like that. So it was just very, very, um, very good, the program up there. Uh, unfortunately, uh-huh. um, my country is very bad right now, but uh, when I was studying, it was okay. And uh, so I, I feel very prepared to do my PhD, my PhD here in, in the United States, which is, it was mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my heart goes out it to Venezuela right now. Yeah. 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 I hope that but, you, um, your family yeah, I have is okay fun. there. I, I have, yeah, I have a, a good experience. Uh, I did my PhD in San Francisco. Okay, cool. Awesome. <laughs> and so, how did this lead to you? Be, how did your life bring you to where you wanted to become a sexologist? Yeah, I started uh, helping couples. That was always my passion. That that is from from my my infancy. I I used to see just you know in Brazil happy couples, and in my my infancy was surrounded of happy couples. So when I grew up, then unfortunately my parents my pa- parents divorced, and I I saw very unhappy people around and they said no no I don't like that and then I I said I have to study this and then I was at um, couple therapy all the time and then I found out the importance of sexuality and I said oh I have to I have to explore this you know I have to study in deep it's not just what I think is good in sex it's just or to make love or sex or whatever I have to explore this in deep. And then it, the funny part is that thinking about that, but I was not like going to school. And then I was asked to do programs in TV, TV shows, a lot of TV shows. And they become, they, they start calling me sexologist. And I, I was like, I am not a sexologist yet. And and they start like, okay, you know, you know, yeah, you're a sexologist. No, I'm not. <laughs> so that pushed me, that pushed me to the school because I say, okay, anyway, I am a sexologist, but I'm not. Then I have to graduate soon. And then I said, I don't want more, I don't want to be more TV shows or anything like that. Let me study. So I I spent two two years preparing myself to say, hey, I am a sexologist now. So but it was pretty funny that the mm-hmm. way that I become a sexologist, yes. Yeah, it's like everybody else wanted you to be that before you even knew it. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. It, it, it was a, a nice experience. I remember that um, I was in, I was in my, my first year, like starting in my first day of class, and this is a classmate. She said, "Oh, you are my teacher. You're going to teach me. You are so amazing. I have seen your toes." And I said, "I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I, I'm a study like you. I'm a student like you. I, I'm here like." And she was on chalk, like what? 
So, wow, and I said, great. I'm so sorry for my fault, you know, it's the, the, product, the TV producer. <laughs> but that's, that's the great. story. That's a great story. Cool. Yeah. So, on your, on your website, you talk about um, how you uh, dealing with love and lust in relationships. Mm-hmm. And since many of our listeners are interested in open relationships, um, I, I definitely want to talk about that as well. But just in relationships in general, um, people, whether they're in a couple or a triad or a moresome, um, how do you find that love and lust um, flow through the relationship? Well, that's that's very interesting question and very highly important in a relationship. I would say if you know what is having sex and making love, it is different. It's two different activities. I would say mm-hmm. having sex is, a, is about genitals and pleasure. And it's about mm-hmm. lust, really lust. And you, you, need to, you, you need to have that in your relationship. It is the dopamine side. It's, it's the, mm-hmm. the adventure. I would say the uncertainty in your relationship. Mm-hmm. And we all need that. Now, making love will be... The, not the opposite, but different, is love. It's about showing the love that I have for you through my body. So it's just love. It's not lust, but love. So you can express that love through your body. It's just beyond genitals and orgasm. Mm-hmm. It's more the body loving another body. So that's love. When you have that in your relationship, that's the oxytocin part, then you can mix, you can play, you can navigate between I love you, I want to make love to you, and I want you, I want to fuck Mm -hmm. you. You know, it's just (laughs) lust. So you need both because a study has shown that even in the brain, you need to, the brain will balance the two the the two chemicals the dopamine and the oxytocin so you need if you just make love all the time that's it and you you don't have that lost you get bored and mm. you you get like maybe it's 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 kind of down and down and down through time i'm talking about long term relationships but you mm. cannot sustain a relationship just by lust just mm-hmm. having sex all the time uh for a long term, so you need that combination. You, but you need to know what you're doing: having sex, making love, and you have to combine the the two of them, love and lust. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I like the way you put that. That you know, all love, eventually the the eros dies out, and if it's all sex, then you you are longing for a deeper connection. So, and then I also Correct. like how you talked about that both chemicals in the brain need to be in balanced, say balanced so that you don't yes. swing from one to the other and for too long. Um, so I love that. That's really excellent. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's yeah. how I play with love and lust. So you need both. Mm-hmm. And so how do you coach um, your clients around being in long, particularly monogamous people um, who are in long-term relationships to keep that lust there because it's so easy 
with because of the familiarity for that to go away. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. Is that to become not familiar anymore? <laughs> it's just ah. to, it's like start again because familiarity is the the thing that that keep you fr- keep you away from lost. You mm-hmm. you need some kind of secrecy, a little bit like mystery, uh, mm-hmm. the unknown part. And you have to maintain that level of curiosity for your partner, even if you, ha- you are in a very long relationship. But familiarity is the thing that makes you feel like, oh, you know everything about me, you know my weaknesses, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't chafe or I, I, I'm not sexy anymore. That's kind of my book, you know, my, it's like teaching my my book is for helping couples in long-term relationships be open, close, gay, no gay. Any couple it, that pretends to be in a long-term relationship is just to be aware of the seven elements I call secrets, but like elements that you need in your relationship in order to succeed, in order to keep that relationship through time and maintain that you know, like that, that fire. Can you give us maybe one or two of the seven sex secrets? I know your book's not out yet and you don't, you don't want to give away everything, but maybe one or two of what the sex secrets are. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, and it's, this is very important, especially for open relationship. If you want to open your relationship, uh, I would say my secret number four is absolutely important, which is your expression. And your expression is not just about communication, which is absolutely important. You need to know how to communicate your feelings and and, and your uh, wantings, your desires, your fantasies to your partner. But beyond that, even deeper is intimacy. And intimacy is the capacity to disclose yourself, to open yourself and, and feel safe and, and trust your partner and have a, a self-awareness of yourself and the awareness of your partner as a separate individual um, that can express. So you, you build emotional intimacy and sexual intimacy. If you don't have that, oh my gosh, uh, that is very important. And especially for an open relationship. If you, if you are close and you want to open, my suggestion is that you first build a strong intimacy and connection to your partner, and then you are going to feel safe to explore and to be okay and to have fun and to, you know, to do whatever you want to do. And you can become polymorph or swinger, whatever you want to explore, it's okay. But you first, you need to, uh, to do that with your primary partner and be safe. To have emotional intimacy with them through expression through communication and, and sharing what you want and need? Yeah, you build, you, intimacy is about communication. Intimacy is about mm-hmm. expression. It's not about sex. 
it's about expression mm-hmm. and it's just as, as, as the capacity to self disclose yourself with another person and it is not easy and say this mm-hmm. is me and I'm, I'm okay and this is you and you are okay and you understand mm-hmm. each other if you don't have that then it is kind of <laughs> it's not good you are not going to sustain through time a very healthy sex life because then you have the sexual intimacy if, if you cannot express your emotions how come you're going to express your fantasies i would i would say that's the top of the cake to express your more your wiles and uh uh let's see hidden fantasies sexual fantasies to your partner you're more your wiles and you're more dark or unknown fantasies so if you cannot express the, your emotions, how come you're going to express those things? So this is mm-hmm. absolutely important, especially if you want to open your relationship. Right. So here's why people like us who help couples and uh, people with relationships will never run out of clients um, because it's so challenging to balance these things that seem so opposite. So first you talked mm-hmm. about familiarity um, we talked about how familiarity can reduce the passion and the lust um, and yes. we said the way to the way to keep the lust and the passion is to have some you, you were saying some degree of mystery um, yes so that your partner doesn't feel like they know everything about you then we talked about how important it is to be vulnerable and share all all of your desires and your fantasies so those two things almost seem like they're opposite. Do you know what I mean? So how do you balance those two things? Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's the thing. That's why you are in a relationship because the relationship is. I I like that term. Is a growing machine. Uh, that's 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 to be an adult to to be able machine? to balance with a growing machine. Yeah, you will grow more than any university. Um, <laughs> you will become the person you are. You you are going to become the best of you through a good relationship. You work in that relationship, mm-hmm. and you can become whatever you want if you if you you know through through working on your relationship. This is the most amazing university ever. It is mm-hmm. easier yeah. to be single. That's easier. Or just, just fuck people. No, to be in a committed relationship, open or close, it doesn't matter. You are going to learn a lot, a lot. And it, this is something that you need to learn to balance those things of uh, certainty and uncertainty because those two are needs. And they too are different but you need both of them. You need love and you need lust, and they are opposite, and you need those opposite. Mm-hmm. It's just balance mm-hmm. that. And if, but if mm-hmm. you don't have that secure place with your partner, then how come you're going to balance that? It's, it's kind of, hey, come on, you have a house, and you need to the balance with your partner. You need to like be, uh, agree on you're going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and, and you are like a team, 
uh, working in your, you know, your family and your things. And then this is like a, the su- superficial level. If you cannot deal with that, how come you're going to, de- to deal with deeper things like this, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a relationship. And, <laughs> right. And so I think that, um, you know, consensual non-monogamy is one way that can keep the passion and the lust alive because it creates just enough tension if you're not, pushing yourself beyond your edge. You want to stay right at the edge where you're speaking up for yourself and saying, here's what I need. And no, that's too much, you know, less of that. You're, you're staying right at your edge, your growth edge. Yeah. Then that, that amount of tension can actually increase the passion in the relationship. Do you find that to be true with open couples? Yes, absolutely. It's true, absolutely. Um, but again, you need that level of intimacy to share those age. You need that mm-hmm. that trust. If you don't have trust, mm-hmm. then you cannot. You are not able to explore those age. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you are going to have conflict. The idea is that mm-hmm. you improve. The idea is that you spice it up your relationship. That you get more passion and pleasure, not to destroy that, <laughs> not to destroy that. Because in my, I have seen in my practice couples that come, like, frustrated and sad and, and, and having fights because they try to open up and have someone else in the relationship. But the, the thing is, I always say, hey, come on, why are you doing this? That's in the first place. If, if you are doing this, A, because you don't feel close to your partner, because you don't have passion, you're bored, and you, ha- you, you don't have a sex life, and you open up to fix that, I, that's, in my opinion, wrong. <laughs> you're not going to experience all of this that you're talking about. But on the other hand, if your, your why or your intention is because you trust each other, you trust yourself first, you know yourself, you know your fantasies, you know who you are, and at the same time, you know your partner, and your partner knows you, and you have trust, you have intimacy, you, have, you, you can explore them, you can together explore, and you can add people, and you can have whatever you want to do, but you are safe. And then you mm-hmm. can have a lot of pleasure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So I hear yeah. you saying that it's important. It's important for you to um, to have the the intimacy and communication and security in your primary relationship, because if you don't have that in place, fighting if you bring another person into it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. That has been my experience in my practice. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I just always recommend if you want to open that, if you want to, it's okay. But first, be sure you fix first your relationship. You you get the intimacy, the communication, the pleasure, mm-hmm. and you fix all, all the ingredients in your own relationship or primary relationship. And then go ahead and explore. You see, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's like mm-hmm. I see that as the little, you know, it, it is connected to the attachment. I remember my kids. Uh, when, you know, when you have a, a kid, um, when the kid is secure, he knows 
I love you. I know my my son knows I I love him. He knows mom loves me, and she's not going to leave me. And I'm safe. Then I can go ahead and play. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I I know I I'm loved, and I can return and I can go, and I can do whatever and explore, and I I will be loved and and return and no problem. So right. that kind of that sense of security and trust. If you don't have that, right. then the, 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 the kid will not go ahead and explore or explore too much and get lost. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. so you've, you've, mm-hmm. been doing this, you've been doing this for 18 years. So I'm wondering in all that time, have you experienced um, couples in long-term relationships where um, they have a, a, a different um, desire for the amount of sex that they have, and so they open their relationship. The one person can have more sex um, because maybe the woman is menopausal and she's not interested in sex anymore, or maybe the man has an illness, or maybe they want a different kind of sex. Maybe one of them is into kinky sex or some other kind of sex that their partner's not into. So have you had couples that open their relationship to get more sex or a different kind of sex than what they're getting in their primary relationship? Yes, I have seen those cases. And the partner that is not having sex is like, is just open the relationship to please the other, suffer great deal because it's, it's just doing like, I cannot do it. It's like, we you say menopause. It's not true. That's no excuse. It's like, oh, come on, menopause. It's, this is no excuse for that. Um, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the thing is that if you are low drive, you have a low drive, you have to fix that low drive first in the first place. What is, what is wrong in your relationship that you have that low desire for your partner? You don't want your partner. So when you open that, to, I have seen that, to, for your partner to, to, you know, to have the sex or whatever, and then you get included in that without even wanting, just because you, you feel you have to do that as a duty, you suffer a great deal. That's no pleasure. It's like a homework that you, it's like kind of cheating on, you are cheating on yourself. You are cheating on yourself. Mm. You, you are, mm. it's not... Your partner is not cheating because it's, it's an, an agreement. Yeah, I'm going to do whatever, you know. But you are cheating on your own self. You're betraying yourself. I think it's even worse. And betray, I hate betray. Uh, I, um, I'm against infidelity. So the, the thing is that to be open and honest and and do whatever you want, but you don't betray yourself either, right? Mm-hmm. And right. and I have seen a lot of amounted suffering when, especially women, of course. Uh, okay, I do it for you, and I, in my opinion, is not okay because mm-hmm. she's unsure, insecure, and can be even worse. Mm-hmm. So if you're just joining us, you're, you're listening to Leading Edge Love Radio, and this is your host, Sumati Sparks, the open relationship coach at sumatisparks.com. We're speaking with Dr. Alieda Hines, who is a clinical sexologist, 
and she specializes in the intersection of couples support and sex counseling. And we're talking about couples who practice open relationships. And one of the issues that comes up is uh, sometimes if a woman loses her desire after menopause, what would you give that couple um, to help revive her sex drive or make her more interested in sex? Because I know sometimes couples will just do the same thing all the time for years and years. And as the woman's body changes, she might want something different. So how do you help them uh, tune into what, what can help her get her desire going again? Yeah. The first thing is learn to make love. That's it. Learn to make love. Because making love is beyond genitals, hormones, being, being horny, aroused, having a penis, erect penis, a wet vagina, uh, is beyond that. So you can have, you can be menopausic, you, you, you hormone, hormones, and you can be all whatever. But if you, lo- you really love your partner, then what is wrong with that? Why you don't touch your partner then in the first place? Because that's the thing. People are just thinking about sex. Oh, I don't feel, I, I, I'm not horny and I cannot have an erection or I don't want an orgasm anymore. I'm too old for that. Things like that. And then you, it's like mm-hmm. you're thinking like too, like too basic. It's like mm-hmm. what love or touching each other, feeling each other, kissing, hugging, smelling have to do with this. What is it? It's your body. It's not genitals. People are thinking about genitals mm-hmm. and being aroused and wet and, and having hormones. And what about love? What about touching and, and feeling? So making love then, that is beyond mm-hmm. orgasm, beyond, beyond aroused, being, being aroused or beyond being horny. You don't have to be mm-hmm. horny to make love. You just have to love right. your partner. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. So start Kiss. with touch. Yeah. Yes, it's just kissing. I, I, those couples, I have, that's more than 50% of my cases. And I would say like 70% of my cases is those couples. And I always said, what is the, 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 that you remember the last time you kissed each other. Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> like uh-huh. one year ago or things like that. And it's uh-huh. like, why then what the kids have to do with sex, with the hormones, being horny or not? What, what does it have to do with that? Why you don't kiss then? It's about love. It's, a, it's about the, the here. It's, that's the thing. Couples are becoming roommates. And, and society have made that normal. People are normalizing being roommates, like normal. It's not normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what happened? Hey, come on. You need to touch. You need to kiss. That's what I do. Hey, come on. Let's learn to make love. That's my book. Mm-hmm. Seven Sex Secrets for More Making Love. Mm-hmm. So you can Beautiful. be very love- old. Yeah. It doesn't no, matter your love- age. I- I- yeah, I just love how you're taking a stand for keeping 
you know, passion and lovemaking alive and not letting people off the hook because we can get really lazy, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. when we're in a long-term relationship and it's hard to be vulnerable and ask for what you want. So sometimes we let ourselves off the hook by becoming roommates, like you said. Um, And I love how you say, I practice what I preach, you know, I do what I preach. So can you tell us more about, you know, maybe an insight into your own romantic life? (laughs) Ooh, this is getting hot, man, <laughs> because I'm 53, about to be 53. My husband, about 56. We have in, in common five children, all of them in the 20s. I am becoming menopausic. <laughs> so I'm 53, mm-hmm. you know, that's no, I'm not ashamed of that. Um, I feel great. Mm-hmm. I do exercise. I feel really good. I have a lot of passion in my life. And we make love every day, every single day. Mm. And this mm. is, is, is and, and three times, I recommend to make love every day and have sex, you know, great sex, twice a, twice a week, maybe twice a week. But you, you have to make love every day, which is kissing, mm. hugging, feeling each other, beyond orgasm. You, you cannot stop yourself. You uh, prevent yourself of making love and feeling love and all that pressure and, and the dopamine release, right? And the oxytocin and all those amazing drugs that we have inside. Just because I, I don't have my period anymore or my, my, my hormones are dropping or I'm tired or I don't have the, the shape that I used to, that's, that's absolutely stupid. <laughs> I'm not going mm-hmm. to keep, keep, I, I'm not going to keep, uh, give up on that, you know, uh, so that's, that's, I know it works, it works, because I have done that first, I have done that first with my husband, and, and we keep each other in that, in that level of, you know, we, we are always um, touching, kissing, and we are very proud of that. So it works. It works. I, mm-hmm. I don't have to be horny to kiss him or to touch him, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. It's it, it just, and, and, and let me tell you, sometimes you are not, you, you can be very like nothing to do with sex, but just to smell that person, just to, to, to feel that person, then probably you will feel a little bit the desire will come because how it's, it's like, if you don't, if you don't know, uh, like, like, let's say, a good tea, let's say a honey tea or something, how come you're going to desire something that you are not trying? You need to try and test, and then you have the desire. You cannot have mm-hmm. desire something that you are not testing, that you are not smelling. Mm-hmm. You need to do that first, and then you want more. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Cool. Mm-hmm. So I like how you say on your website, it's never too late for happiness. <laughs> Can you tell us more about why that's your motto? Oh, yeah, because, uh, well, let me tell you something. One of my biggest examples in life, uh, it was not my client, but kind of, it was my father. My father is kind of my hero. I, I just, he, he died a long time ago, but I remember that he was 70 and he fell in love 
and he had to divorce, and then he had to marry. Uh, so it was a challenge, and he was sick. So he has everything against. And But, you know, he did it. And we celebrate his erections again. I never forgot that in my life, that he was so proud of having erections again at 70-something because he fell in love again, and, and he made love to her his way, but that's, you know, whatever works for you is okay. And he was happy for that marriage for, uh, I think, five, six years. And I appreciate mm. her so much. And, and, and he was so, so happy. He was like a teenager. He, he just regained mm-hmm. everything. He was just the enthusiasm, the motivation, a lot of dopamine, I will say. And, and that's my biggest, my biggest, thing that it is possible of course it's possible and then it just age hormones stress money nothing can stop you from being happy Mm. Mm. that's my resilient part (laughs) yeah that's beautiful and i love how you could celebrate your father's erection because so many people wouldn't even want to think of their their dad's erection. <laughs> yeah, great. no, he was fantastic. He because he said, "You are my sexologist, but I'm your father. Remember, I'm your father. You don't, you don't, don't tell me your things, but I will tell your, I, I will tell you mine." <laughs> and then uh, he invited me to a restaurant. And he said, "I have to tell you this. I have to." And what is it that? What is it? I have strong erections from so long time, like years. And he was mm-hmm. so happy without Viagra, without anything. It's just because mm-hmm. of the pressure of being you know, loved and wanted. Mm-hmm. Right. It's beautiful. So the, it lesson beautiful. That, yeah. the lesson there is we don't have to stay stuck in an unhappy relationship just because we think we're too old to meet someone new. Yeah, absolutely, exactly. If you don't want to, if you don't want to end your relationship, at least fix it, right? And be happy. Mm-hmm. Try to fix that. Never is too late to, for that, right? Sometimes right, it is right. too hard, but uh, I think as, as long as you are alive, you can breathe. You can, you know, you can have things. You can. I have here cases that, um, like people um, like about to die and they want to experience something. I knew a case of a very old lady that was uh, still virgin or something like that. And they asked, uh, she asked for, she fell in love with a very old guy. And, and they, she asked the help for like nurse and people to, for them to, you know, to, for him to be inside of her because she said, oh, I, I spent all my life, I'm so stupid, and now, you know, like, I miss everything. Now I, I, I'm dying, and I, I want to experience that with him before I die. So it was it just, uh, that made me cry. I remember I saw that case, and it was not my case, but I, I knew about the case, and it just made me cry, like, wow, that's fantastic. So we have everything. And sometimes you're young, you, you, you have legs and you have arms, you have your genitals and, you know, you have a room and then you have everything in life and you, you don't take advantage, you don't do anything, you're so miserable 
or so unhappy, you know, and, and well, come on, are you waiting for what? To die or to what? Right. <laughs> I, I just, life is just one. I don't know after that, I, I'm not sure about that, but what I know is that you have this life, one body, that's my second secret um, that you, you asked me for two. Um, I mm-hmm. told you just one. My, my second secret is your body. And your body is your vehicle. It's so important to take care of your body. If you, if you don't take care of yourself, if you don't know yourself, if you don't masturbate, if you don't know your pleasure, uh, how come you're going to interact with another one? You know, you, how come mm-hmm. you're going to express all the love and, and the passion if you don't have a vehicle? It's kind of, I want to go there, but I have to walk. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Or I, you know, uh, how come? So that's my secret, my my secret number two. So if, as long as you have a body, so keep it, uh, take care, the best care you can of your body, and express the love you have for your partner to that body. Mhm. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing mm-hmm. two of your secrets. Um, so I want to change directions a little bit right now and uh, talk about infidelity. I saw that you mm-hmm. um, co-wrote a book about infidelity. And um, yes. so maybe you can talk about that book and also um, how you help couples recover from infidelity. Yeah, that's a big topic. Uh, my husband and I, we, uh, we wrote that book uh, together. And we explore, like, especially in, in, on the Internet, uh, because even uh, we, we did the research with open and with closed relationship, both, right? And, mm-hmm. and the problem with the Internet, that misuse the Internet. And people, the, the thing is that people think that because you are uh, from long distance, nothing is going to happen, and you're wrong. It is happening actually because you are taking the time, your time that you're supposed to to give to your partner. You are taking that time to connect with another human being, whatever it is. But you are connecting with another human being through the internet, and then you are forming intimacy, and then that intimacy is the thing. And you are in that way, you are cheating because the thing is that you are not, you are not sharing that with your partner. That's our, that was mm-hmm. our study. Mm-hmm. So, um, and how to recover from that because that, have, that, that was our, our book, right, about the Internet and how the Internet leads to that without even realizing that, like a very unconscious way. And then you destroy your relationship without even knowing, and then you say, oh, that was not my intention. That's through the Internet, our book. Uh, But in my practice, not only through the Internet, but like cheating and infidelity. And, And again, the best way to recover from that if you want to stay in your relationship again is to see that as usually, like commonly, is to see that infidelity as a symptom, not as the problem. 
It's like mm-hmm. a fever. If you have mm-hmm. a fever, you are not going to treat the fever only. It's just, oh, that you have mm-hmm. a fever. No, it's just an infection or something, a, a problem that you have that the fever is telling you, hey, come on, I have a problem here in my body, so you have fever. So I, I try to, to point it out that, hey, come on, this is a symptom. What happened in your relationship no, this is the different cases, right? That it's important to see if uh, a, what, the, the person that cheat, hey, why? What was your needs? And why you did that? You know, you're cheating and you are not telling the truth. You are not being honest, right? Why? Mm-hmm. You, you don't have intimacy then. Mm-hmm. And and the other person, you're like, is like, yeah, but um, there's no communication usually. So if you want to continue, you have to see this as a growing again, growing my thing. It's like, okay, now we are, hopefully, we are facing something that you probably never talk. You never never talk about these things. And now this problem of infidelity, cheating, betray, whatever, uh, make you talk. Now let's talk in deep. Now you're growing. Now you are forming intimacy and connection. So thanks to the, this infidelity, now you are a better couple. No worse, mm-hmm. but better. If you want to continue, mm-hmm. you want to explore. If you really want to do the work, right? Because if you stay there just to blame each other, oh, my gosh, that's worse. That's, yeah. You know, it, it also makes sense. But if you want to grow through that experience, then that would be great. Mm-hmm. And how long does it normally take people to regain trust after an event like that? Is it, I'm sure it's different for everyone, but um, how long does it usually take for people to trust each other again and what kinds of things can they do to regain that trust yeah usually what i what i have seen is at least that trust well it depends right it depends on your work and your knowledge and your commitment to to work it's just different but if you are very committed and you do the work i don't think more than one year the least Mm -hmm. the work lasts for one year it's very hard Mm -hmm. At least one year, and and you, it, it is a process. I never seen something like oh, suddenly that's not true. Then this that denial or something, but it's just kind of a process. Little by little, you regaining the trust. And how? Well, you you need to have intimacy. You see, this intimacy mm-hmm. is so important because then mm-hmm. you are able to express your needs. You are able to express oh, in the first place, why you did that. And, and it's just, it's not the, the, the act per se, but is the, the, the lying. The problem is the lying. Right. And always they said, it's not about the sex or something that you did. It's just about the lying because, you know, mm-hmm. I, you, people think that I'm not stupid, right? Why you have to lie to me? That's mm-hmm. the, the the thing that hurts the most. So I will work on a lot of 
intimacy first. That's my, my first thing. It's just let's work on intimacy. You need to go deeper. And thanks to this opportunity, then you can open yourself and let's explore what is wrong. And usually they are roommates, <laughs> like roommate style. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, like uh, that's the most common. The wife is like treating the husband like, like a brother. It's mm-hmm. like like too familiar and not paying attention mm-hmm. to any anything mm-hmm. and it's like it's it's kind of trusting too much mm-hmm. <laughs> or thinking that are yeah. your mind and not paying attention to to the passion and pleasure and lost there is no loss no anything and then you are and and the the man this is this is not like that normative, right? It just is the most common, but that happens to women too, of course. Um, mm-hmm. But it's kind of this is my need, and but you are not able to express that to your partner because you are afraid mm-hmm. of losing your partner. It's just a mess. But it's all about intimacy. Mm-hmm. It's all about intimacy and self-disclosure and the capacity, mm-hmm. you know, to to say what you need. And to fight for that. It's all about that. That's that's how I see it. So it sounds like passion and lust aren't going to stay in a relationship just automatically. That a couple has to um, have the intention to put time and effort into that, to keeping it going and, and practice being honest and vulnerable. And if infidelity happens, Sometimes the relationship can be even stronger because it, if they're committed to staying together, it forces them to begin to focus more on their own intimacy and honesty and connection and communication. Yeah, that's correct. Absolutely. Yes. Excellent. Um, so before we run out of time, I also want to talk about your multicultural background and how that, how you help couples that come from different cultures um, and maybe even your own relationship. Um, Just tell us a little bit about the issues that arise when you have a couple from two different backgrounds. Yeah, I would say the mindset. That's my secret number one. Mindset is uh, if you are like like cross-cultural couples, if you are from another you're born in another very different area, like let's say Germany or or other part of United States, because this this country is so big that it, it seems like you are in different countries in the same country. But if you are from a different place, you have a different mindset according to your knowledge, your experience, your family, and your uh, community, society, whatever. So you, you build a mindset according to that, even your race, even your your um, race and ethnicity. And then mm-hmm. you have that kind of mindset about how you view love, how you view sex and how you view relationships, your belief of that. And then you have another partner that is absolutely different from you, like that has a different background. And then that's what I try in the in the first place to to for them to understand. Hey, come on, it, this is not right or wrong. 
is that you see the same thing in a different perspective, in a different way. It's like I, I told them, for example, why means red for you, red, color red. And they say, well, blood, and another say love, and it's the same color, but they have different mm-hmm. opposite meanings. And then if you don't understand each other meanings and mindset, and so how come you're going to understand? So in the first place, you need to understand your, the culture of your partner, your, or your partner, the culture background of your partner, where that partner come from, and how that partner was raised, by whom, where, how, and so kind of you explore your mindset. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's that's very important, especially because if you are the same in the same culture, in the same place, you are from all of, both of you are from the same city, from the same time, uh, town, and from same religion, same ethnicity, and race, and even even economic status. If you are the same, so kind of easier, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. But it's easier, yeah. But when you are not, you don't have that. Then you you need to understand a little bit deeper each other. Mm-hmm. Right. Cation is the answer again. Just to um, <laughs> share honestly about uh, and ask and be curious about each other and ask each other questions so that you understand. Mm-hmm what their mindset is and how they grew up thinking about sex and relationships and love. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But it's communication mm-hmm. that you focus that communication mostly on your mindset. What is it mm-hmm. that you believe your values about different mm-hmm. topics? Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Excellent. Okay. Um, so uh, the last question I have for you is, uh, when your book comes out, uh, what's next for you after that? <laughs> oh, what a question. You know, rest. <laughs> That's rest. for sure. <laughs> rest. I, I have to be, you know, I'm going to Puerto Rico to a beach or something, and I don't want to <laughs> to ride anymore <laughs> and clean my office. I said, uh-huh. when I finish my book, I will clean this office, my 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 home office, right? My home office uh-huh. is just full of notes all over books. And I have been doing this for one year already, mm-hmm. and I haven't done. Uh-huh. It's, it's a lot of work. It's, it's, it's fascinating, but it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Because this yeah, is not the only it. thing I'm doing. Yeah, I, I, right. I, I'm a no, wife. Yeah, Excuse I've heard me? most people say that you. you ha- I've heard most people say you have to think of it as a year to write a book. Usually, it takes a year. Yeah, well, this is my second, so I hope to finish this in this year. That will be two years. <laughs> okay, well, that's fine. Like you said, you're busy with other things. Okay, well, we're almost yeah. out of time, Dr. Hines, and it was really delightful to speak with you. And I want to give you a couple minutes to tell our listeners how they can reach you if they'd like to connect with you. And I think that you also have a, an offer for our listeners. So go ahead. You have a couple minutes. Sure. Yeah. That, that has been my pleasure. I'm very grateful to be here and this opportunity. 
And yes, um, you can reach me through my website, aleidahines.com. It's A-L-E-I-D-A, Heinz, H-E-I-N-Z.com. Uh, you can find me in Google. <laughs> um, my phone number is 803-415-1582. Again, I'm in North Carolina, in Charlotte. AO three four one five one five eighty two. I'm I'm be glad to you know to offer to offer this. Um, I can give you ten percent discount on my first session uh, if you if you make an appointment with me online. Uh, I can do that online. I have client online, so if you call me. Or you can send me an email through my website or call me, um, I can give you. But you have to say, hey, I'm here, I listen to your program. Be sure to say, I was in your program, so I'm going to give you a 10% discount. If you say, I hear you, I was in the program. Because otherwise, I don't know if you, if you are in the program or not. And I will give you, I will be very glad to give you 10%. And when my book is on, I will give you a copy of my book. Um, but oh, it's absolutely. not ready yeah, just, yeah, so just say that you heard Dr. Hines on Leading Edge Love Radio. Yes, exactly, exactly. You you need to say that. <laughs> you need to write. Okay, you can great. you can reach me you can reach me through my website again, www.aleidahines.com. My name is A L E I D A Heinz H E I N Z to my website or to my phone. You can call me or text me A O three four one five one five eighty two. Again, I am in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's my 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 private okay, practice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you, Dr. Heinz, and best of luck with your book. I'm looking forward to it coming out. And thanks again for being on our show. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Good night. Good night. Thanks. So next week on Leading Edge Love Radio, we will be speaking with Alicia Sinclair. She is also a certified sex educator and the CEO of B-Vibe, which is a sex toy for women. She also uh, created a toy called Le Wan and another one called The Cowgirl. So she has three products that she's created uh, for female sexual pleasure. That so will be really interesting to speak with her next week. Please join us at 6 p.m. on Tuesdays, 6 p.m. Pacific time on Leading Edge Love Radio. Good night.